0: Welcome to Episode 4 of The Hangout. I'm Will DeBrava, along with my co-host, Ted Duchesne. Hello, everybody. Glad to be here on a Thursday. Well, first thing, we just want to apologize for not being able to do our normal Monday show. But as you know, sometimes life does get in the way. Well, to make up for that, we have a very loaded, jam-packed show for you tonight. And so we might end up going a little bit longer than our normal hour runtime, you are warned.
1: So, Ted, what are you drinking today? Today? Today is a very special day. Today is IPA Day, National IPA Day, which means it's, it's, it's the day to drink all things hoppy. I am drinking Avery, uh, which is a great little craft brewery out of uh, Colorado, and their double IPA, which is Maharaja, which is one of the great double IPAs that you can get. Um, widely available, probably nationwide, just a tremendous, tremendous
0: uh, hoppy, hoppy beer.
1: What about you? What are you drinking?
0: Well, I am not drinking an IPA. I actually don't have any beer at the house right now. Shame on me. So I had to go to the uh, liquor cabinet and make one of my uh, go-to drinks in Manhattan. I've really gotten good at making in Manhattan. Mine is made with bullet rye. Uh, It's one of the ones I make, and it's their single barrel. And I add, obviously, the sweet vermouth and er er Angostura bitters, but what I also like in mine is not only do I put Some maraschino cherries in them, but I have this liqueur that's made out of maraschino cherries Really good gives it a little extra sweet sense to it. Very good. So just a little extra kick I give to it. So I'm drinking a uh, nice little Manhattan made with bullet rye. Excellent. So, Ted, what's all on tap for today's show?
1: Well, well, you said it earlier, but today's show is going to be jam-packed. We're going to start off with some sports news from earlier uh, this week with the baseball training deadline, then some news out of the NFL training camps, which started this week. We've got some Star Wars news, we'll finish some news in uh, TV and film, including a box office review from last weekend and then a preview of this weekend.
0: All right, Ted. Well, let's get started with a uh, review of the big trades that happened this week in Major League Baseball. As you know, Monday, this past Monday, was the non-waiver trade trade deadline. Our two local teams, the Rangers and Astros, did make some moves. We'll start off with the Rangers. Um, They scored big by acquiring probably the best hitter available in Carlos Beltran. Now, he is 39 years old. They got him from the Yankees. Hey, he's a two-month rental. He's not going to be here past this year, I don't think. He's actually already come out and said he want, he's interested in going back to the Yankees. But hey, we have him now, and so I like him. I've always been a Carlos Beltran fan. I think he's definitely going to help their lineup. Now to get Carlos Beltran, the Rangers gave up three minor league uh, pitchers, all from the A from Single A. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan Tate, Eric Swanson, Nick Green. Um, now uh, Tate is obviously the bell cow of this three. He was the fourth pick in the 2015 draft. But so far, he's been struggling. Um, Swanson, 22, he's been a A single-A all-star, but he has yet to uh, advance beyond that point. And then the final one, Nick Green, he's also been struggling in single-A. So overall, except for giving up three players, not a a huge um, price to pay to get someone for two months. Um, Rangers also landed catcher Jonathan Lucroy from uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, along with relief pitcher Jeremy Jeffries. Um, and to get to for that they had to give up a uh, minor league outfielder Lewis Brinson and pitcher Luis Ortiz Now Jonathan Lucroy was the Rangers number one trade target Once they realized they were gonna be unable to acquire a frontline starting pitcher who I still think they need I think that's probably the one glaring weakness now. Yeah, um now the reason How are they able to get Lucroy? Well, he was all set to go to the Indians But he had a limited no trade clause and the Indians were one of those teams so he vetoed the trade Rangers were not on his no-trade list, so he is a Ranger. Um, both players that the Rangers gave up were former number one picks, ranked number two and three on the Rangers' top 30 prospects list. So to get Lucroy, they did have to give up something. The good news is is Lucroy has a, there's a team option for him next year, so he's not a two-year rental. Expect Lucroy back next year with possibly a, a long-term deal made over the summer. Uh, Both players, uh, Lucroy and Beltran, have already started paying dividends since they were acquired. There's been two games played since then. And uh, unfortunately, the Rangers are only two since their acquisition, but not because of these two players. Um, Their lineup, now, Ted, very strong. You combine these two with already Beltray, Desmond, Mazzara, Odor, and Moreland. I saw saw a lineup. Moreland was batting eighth. That's just scary. I agree. Hitting is not going to be an issue with them this year. Like I said, starting pitcher, I think, beyond uh, Cole Hamels, that's that's their uh, weakness. Hey, Ted, what's your thoughts on the, the Rangers' busy day with these trades and what you think, if any, this changes how far you think they're going to go this year?
1: So I, I think uh, they won the trading deadline, I think. I, I think the the, the signing, of the getting a Beltran, even if it's for one year, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, they gave three players, but – what, who they gave up is not, if they keep tracking the way they're tracking, it's really not that big a deal. You, you, we mentioned Tate. He was the first round pick in 2015. He is three and three with a five one point one two ERA in 17 games in class A ball by baseball America. He was a top, um, was a preseason top 100 prospect. He didn't even, he didn't, he was completely off their mid season list, uh, and he was at one point the number one prospect for the Rangers, and he was number six by midseason. Um, so, uh, in the grand scheme of things, the Beltran, like you mentioned, was a really good. To me, it's a no-brainer if we could get him. Lucroy, um, again, you know, he's batting 299, thirteen homers, fifty RBIs. He's got a four million salary this year. Uh, Which includes a five and a quarter Million team option for next year Which again is not that much In the grand scheme of things Um, So I I Think again that's a good signing We did you know Brinson and Luis Ortiz are both uh, High rated prospects number two And number three Um, uh, Brinson's A top 50 prospect uh, Over in all of baseball Ortiz is, is at number 63 so so Solid prospects, but this is a guy that we could get at least the rest of this year and next year. And after that, who knows, we still got the ability to sign him and and sell him on the Rangers. As far as what it's going to do for the team, I think you alluded to it earlier. If this team's pitching doesn't get better, then their offense better be one of the best offenses ever in the history of baseball if they want to go far in the playoffs. I think they are by far the prohibitive favorite. Um, to win out on in the American League West, um, they're they're already leading, um, although that, that lead has dropped considerably. Um, but I still think they're the, they're the easily the favorite um, uh, for that, um, and I think they'll probably go into the second round of the playoffs relatively easily. After that, it they've their pitching's got to get better. I I know that they're going to try to get some something through the waiver deadline, you know, through the waiver trade system. But I just I don't see them being able to get a top of the line starting pitcher that way.
0: Yeah, I see. Yeah, Ted, I see it as they're hoping that the players that are on the DL now can come back and give them a lift. Um, Derek Holland and uh, Kobe Lewis, and
1: and and that you continues to get better and better and better and more comfortable.
0: Yeah, the, I mean the good news is they they currently have the best record in the American League. They're a game up on the Indians, um, Baltimore, and Toronto. Baltimore is who they're playing right now. Right. Um, it's looking good. They're, um, so the, it looks like tonight they they could gain a they could gain a full game on the Astros. Um, Astros are currently losing, but yeah, I, I do think like you said, um, if they can get someone through the trade through the waiver deadline now, great. They're obviously going to try, um, but if not, they they're going to need. Um, one of Derek Holland or, or Kobe Lewis to really step up, come back and be healthy and be able to contribute. Yep. So uh, what uh, what did uh, the other local team for us, the Astros, do?
1: Well, well the Rangers made some big moves uh, to remain in contention and, and stay in the lead. Um, the Astros stuck to making some small, quiet moves, trading uh, right-handed pitcher Scott Feldman to Toronto for pitcher Guadalu- Guadalupe Chavez, as well as trading right-handed pitcher Josh Fields t- to the Dodgers for minor league first baseman Jordan Alvarez. They also recalled um, Joe Musgrave, uh, right-handed pitcher Joe Musgrave from Triple A.
0: Will, what are your thoughts about what the Astros did? I think it's like you said. I mean, they did what they could do. I mean, they weren't going to give up the farm. Um, I think, honestly, the Astros are quickly probably going to realize they're battling for the wild card. And that's what they're going to hope for. They're going to hope that their younger player, the young players, continue to mature mm-hmm. um, and get better. And that's what they're banking on. Obviously, this move, this move doesn't isn't going to win them the pennant or anything. No, it, like you said, the Rangers who are ahead of them clearly won the trading deadline, and you know the only thing the Astros have going for them now is hoping that Yu Darvish continues to struggle, hoping that Cole Hamels is the only one is the only Ranger pitcher that can get a win. And so, I, you know, I mean, I, I think, honestly I, I think the Rangers are going to hold on and win the uh, AL West. I think they'll have it locked up, you know, well before we get to the last week of September. So honestly,
1: a lot's going to tell this weekend because the Astros and the Rangers play each other this weekend. And if the Rangers sweep, which is what they've done in the past, then yeah. it's pretty much done. If the Astros yeah, sweep, like, yeah,
0: and I think, like honestly, gonna, they're
1: going to have to sweep um then is, is that is that in houston yes i'm actually going so we'll or, talk about that later but but yes yeah
0: it, it do, Yeah. It looks like the way if th- things hold out tonight it looks like the rangers will have a six and a half game lead you know going into this weekend series yeah. but you're right astros could sweep it and then they'll be right they'll back into the game and a half but if they so.
1: but if they get swept it's over yeah at church exactly yeah, i yeah. agree um,
0: um so let's, uh, let's move on to the NFL, Ted. And uh, as, as everyone's aware, training camps have begun. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm ready for football. Um, so, Ted, uh, let's dive in. Tell us what's going on in the world of the National Football League.
1: So we talked about it last week, um, the, the immense amount of Cowboy uh, suspensions. And one of those players was Rolando McLean, who did not make the trip out to uh, Dallas Cowboy Training Camp in Oxnard, California. It's additionally come out that Rolando got popped for a purple drink and has ballooned to 40 pounds over his nominal playing rate, playing weight. Well, do you think this is the end of Rolando for the for playing for the Cowboys?
0: Yes he will never play for the Cowboys again in, in a game. Um, I you know I did some dig I mean the only reason he's still on the roster right now is because, the Cowboys do not want to give him any money um, that they owe him, and by releasing him, they would have to, you know, give him like a million dollars, like seven hundred fifty thousand cap hit. So it's almost a principle with them right now. They could easily eat the money, but they're not going to. Um, you know, it's simply they just don't want to give him the money by releasing him. keep Keep in keep keep in mind their linebacker core is very thin. You know, they had to go resign a Durant. Yeah, who was they, they re-signed
1: Jason Durant, who's retired, and that's always a iffy situation to pull a player out of retirement. There's a reason they retired, right? They they didn't retire saying I'm still passionate about playing football. Um,
0: they retired. No, his, his was personal, like his his, his like he, uh, Durant. Uh, his daughter was not happy that you know Durant was going back to football and was going to miss another one of her birthdays.
1: Right, and that's got to do something to your psyche. So, you know, Durant's a good player, um, and and it's nice that they can get a player that's played for the Cowboys and knows the defensive system. But again, I agree with you. Um, they they have many weaknesses on defense, and linebacking core is one of um, yeah
0: one of a, one of them. Well, that's what I'm saying, and. I mean, I'm sorry, but we all know Sean Lee's not going to make it through the whole season. He, he never does. Shh. I know. Knock on wood. <laughs> and they're very, <laughs> they're very weak on the D li- on the D line. Um, our Twitter, our Twitter account, you know, tweeted an article on how you know Cowboys should have gone after Dwight Freeney. Yes, no, that's
1: a really good point. I'm glad you brought
0: that up. You know, he would have been a good stopgap. Just come in and rush the passer. What was so, that? Do
1: you know what that contract was off the top of your head? That uh, it, was, it
0: was like a one year. I don't even think it was more than five million. Yeah, I mean, it was probably me, like it was like a veteran minimum for the, for a guy of his experience. And that's
1: a no. I don't. I don't. I don't get that. To me, why the Cowboys wouldn't do that? That that to me is a no brainer.
0: I, I completely understand. I, I, I completely agree. So now the Cowboys are going to have to outscore. A lot like the Rangers have to have to control yeah. their offense to win. Same thing with the Cowboys. Yep. Defense is not going to win the Cowboys any games this year.
1: No. And, and if they have offensive injuries, then they are in deep trouble. And speaking of injuries, training camp has hardly started, and the injury bug has already hit the Cowboys. Backup quarterback Kellen Moore suffered a broken right ankle during practice Tuesday. Uh meaning that he's going to be out for the next few months, and it leaves Jameel Showers and rookie Dak Prescott, who I quite frankly have heard of neither one of those players, uh, to back up Tony Romo, who missed 12 games last year. How bad is this for the Cowboys, and what options do they have?
0: Well, Well, Ted, what was bad was their backup quarterback position coming into camp. Kellen Moore is not going to win you any games. He proved that last year when he had to come in and play. Right. Um, now you know Dak Prescott he's the rookie they dropped in the 4th round from Mississippi State. We don't know. He's he needs a full year just to sit back and start developing. You have to remember he's just now starting to take snaps under center. Yep. So he he's not ready to be your backup quarterback. Um, they should have addressed this before now because Well, we said it we said it during, during the
1: draft. That why the heck were they waiting? They are putting all their eggs in the, in the Tony Romo basket. Who I will defend as one of the toughest most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't care what anybody says. Tony Romo was tough. What he has played with in in a games is more than half three quarters of the quarterbacks would play with.
0: And yeah, I agree. You look he, at he, he played while he played while dating Jessica Simpson, and uh, if that doesn't prove you how tough you are, that's right. But uh, but hey, if they stay healthy, this, Ted,
1: this is a guy that's missed a considerable amount of games over the course of the last five seasons. And yes, the one season that he was healthy. They played tremendously well.
0: But him being healthy for a full season is incredibly rare. Well, uh, well, staying with the backup quarterback position, because um, obviously, you know, the word, word came out that they were trying to go after Nick Foles. Yes. Um, Nick Foles decide, decided to sign with Kansas City. Yep. He does have a relationship with uh, the head coach there, Andy Reid. So that made sense. Um, so, who else can the Cowboys go after? They so, better go after somebody. So,
1: it looks like right now. They're in. They are in preliminary talks with Josh Freeman.
0: Does that excite you that, at that all? That does not excite me, Ted. No, he's he's sitting on the street. He's like at Home Depot right now. So, yes, yeah, that's,
1: but in all honesty, that is who. We, so last year he played yeah. for the Indianapolis Colts, completed fifteen of twenty eight passes for a hundred and forty nine yards, one touchdown, and one interception in the thirty to twenty four win over the Tennessee Titans. Um. Yeah. No. It does. The only other choice that they have is they have discussed a trade for McCown with the Browns, Yeah, but, but I'm let me, not sure the but Browns if you're are going Brown, to them
0: up. But if you're the Browns, why do you do that?
1: Well, you don't. You would ask, unless you're trying to get rid of McCown, you've got the Cowboys over a barrel. So you yeah, would if say, the sure, give me give Des Bryant. Give me Des Bryant and you can have McCown. I mean, exactly. seriously. Or give me a second or third round pick, which you're not going to do for McCown.
0: No. Um, now, the whole, the whole league knows the Cowboys need a backup quarterback, so they're not going to just give them one. I agree. Um, breaking
1: Rangers news, they won. They beat the oil, uh, Orioles.
0: Yeah. Good job. Um, it looks like yeah, the Astros currently are down 2-1 to one in the fifth.
1: All right, so that's our Cowboy news. Um, On to the Houston team, they haven't had injuries, but they've had some contract issues. Initially, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins did not report to camp indicating that he was going to hold out for a better contract. However, his holdout lasted 1 day and he showed up to camp. Uh, well, do you think this is going to affect the team and how do you see this playing
0: out? Well, you know, Ted, I think the fact that he only held out for 1 day and came back is going to give him lots of probably props with the other players on that team. Keep in mind JJ Watts the leader on that team, and so you're not going to do anything that's going to piss him off. Now, DeAndre Hopkins I mean, you know, uh, for people that end up playing in our fantasy league, he is a top five player. This isn't – he's a top – you know, so yeah. if you got the fifth pick and he's up there, you grab him. He was a beast last year. He ca- he's like got stick-em on his hands. And man. everybody he thought everything. that the
1: only reason he was good a couple of years ago was because he had Andre Johnson on the other side of him, but he proved last year that he, he is his own man, and he is a top – he's a top wide receiver in the league. Um, yeah,
0: and, and uh, I'm a huge fan of HBO's Hard Knocks, and they featured the Texans last year, uh-huh. and so I got to learn a little bit more about him. And I I do like him; he's a good dude. And I think he was just trying to make a point with management. He could have held out all preseason, but he didn't. He put the team first. He knew he had to come in and build chemistry. We gotta have a new quarterback, so that's very important. You know, if I'm a Houston Texans fan, which I'm. I don't. I don't know how you'd phrase us. I mean, we're definitely not big Houston Texans no, fans. No. I live in Houston
1: and I'm not a huge Texans fan. But my, my. So I see it from both sides. On on one side, I understand DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he is. Um, he is due to only make one million dollars for this coming season, but. Here's a deal. He is signed to the rookie contract. Um that the union collectively bargained for all rookies. So he he doesn't have a he really didn't have a leg to stand on. Yeah, he can sit out, but if he does that, he's he's shooting himself in the foot. Um and what the Texans have said is play through this year, we'll renegotiate before your option year. Um and to me yeah, it sucks that he's only going to make a million dollars, and he's going to be one of the top receivers in the league. Um, but if he is one of the top receivers in the league, he's going to get paid. And in all yeah. honesty, and that's where the Texans could screw up because the Texans could actually sign him for a lot less this if they if they signed him right now for a long term deal. But if he comes yeah. out next year or this season and and does, you know. La- last yeah, he, year he did 111, caught 111 passes for 1,521 yards, 11 TDs. If he does 120 catches for 1,600 yards and 15 TDs,
0: Texans yeah. going to pay. That's what I'm saying. Keep in mind the Texans. I don't like to say it, but they have a better quarterback now. Oh, so. than they did last year, yes, but – that's what I'm saying. Like, they have a better quarterback now. So anybody could, with a pulse would be better than he could have. He could have him. He could have a much better year. And you're right. You, you could get him a lot cheaper by signing him now. He could end up being a top. Right now, he's a top five. He's number five in the pecking order among wide receivers. He could easily be three. He could. He could. He could jump up. Um, the you know, I mean, he's still going to be behind Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, um, but he could. He could push. You know, AJ Green um for like number 3. I could see him doing that. Uh, Des Bryant. I don't I don't know if Des Bryant's he, he has to prove it. He's been injured. I think Well, I don't think Des Bryant's top 5 right now. He, he was injured a,
1: last year, but the the year before he was probably top 2. So, I'm going to yeah. assume that Des Bryant is going to be Des Bryant that he was. Yeah, wants. he'll
0: that's what I'm saying. He'll he'll be if he just duplicates last year's numbers, he'll be getting paid big time. Agreed. So, uh uh before we uh leave the NFL, um, I do want to remind everyone about the Fantasy Football League that us at the Hangout will be running for the two of us and for the fans. So if you're interested in playing with us, just email us at our Gmail address, which is twoguyshangingout at gmail.com. Once again, the number two, so two guys hanging out at gmail.com. Uh, standard PPR league, I find those to be the more, most fun, uh, one point per receptions. And we we'll are probably end up doing it through nfl.com. But so, just email us if you're interested. We'll probably get that thing set up here in the coming weeks with draft probably being the week before the season starts. I always try to have my drafts as late as possible.
1: Yeah, we're not, I don't want to do a draft in the middle of preseason because then half your team's going to get injured.
0: Exactly. People got screwed last year. The oh, draft people draft. get screwed every single year. Yeah. Um, so, Ted, we, so now we're finished with the NFL. Let's switch and stay in football, but this time at the college level, um, specifically the Big 12 and as it relates to possible expansion. So, you know, last week we talked about the Big 12 saying they were looking at expanding by either two or four teams. However, a new interesting article written by the Houston Press said that there might be a hitch in these expansion plans. ESPN and Fox, who hold the rights to the Big 12, are balking currently at the expansion and the increased payouts the Big 12 would want to add the two or four more teams, which would be around 40 80 million per year. Especially considering that the schools that we're discussing are not huge, heavy revenue generating schools and therefore won't bring in additional, you know, advertising revenue for ESPN and Fox by a number of viewers that would make sense for the additional payouts. Another thing that I found interesting was that when the Big 12 went from 12 to 10 teams, ESPN and Fox did not reduce the amount of Big 12 payments they were giving the the conference. I think it's a big I think that's huge. So, exactly. So, they played in good faith. So, the Big 12 I think is going to be bad, is going to look bad to now go after more money. Now, yeah, if they landed Notre Dame and Ohio State, that'd be one thing, but that's not what's going after. So, so Ted, does this news make you think that the Big 12 will not expand?
1: I don't know, Will. I this whole situation's a mess. Um and, and quite frankly, Big 12 is in <laughs> They're in, they're in quite a pickle. I mean, on one hand, they almost have to expand to keep their revenues up. You know, they're they're they right now with their teams and the revenue that they're bringing in, they are losing ground, significant ground to SEC, Big Ten, and quite frankly now, which we never thought we'd say, the ACC with their net with their with their uh, network deal, uh, all of those three uh, uh, conferences are going to be bringing in greater revenue than the Big 12. And that, to me, is crazy. I, I think, quite frankly, they have two choices. One choice is to try to figure out a way, sit down with Fox and ESPN and try to, try to figure out a way to expand to at least 10 teams, um, make a deal with ESPN and Fox, Um, And maybe that means that we'll expand to four teams, but you only have to pay us for two teams expansion or something. Um, uh, Or, and we talked about this earlier off the air, um, initiate some talks with with the the Pac-10 or ACC or somebody to do what we know is going to happen in the next, four to six years anyways and create the first super conference i, I think yeah. those are the only two options
0: yeah i agree because um the big 12 is easily on the verge of death especially when word came out from the from this uh, columnist of the austin american statesman who talked to a powerful texas backer that said hey espn could broker something regarding the lhn you know Everyone kind of wants the Longhorn Network to go away, and even Texas is starting to lean that, that way. That was
1: the – honestly, the Longhorn – sorry to interrupt, but i got to say this. like The Longhorn Network is the root of all evil because it's what – even though the, the A&M was for it before they were against it, um, it's what ended up driving a lot of team, you know, A&M and, and other teams away because of the mm. whole – financial deal it it, it
0: created jealousy out there yeah well it it
1: created it it basically kept longhorns in the big 12 because when they tried to leave and go to the pac-10 pac-10 said sure but you can't have the longhorn network because we got the pac-10 network and longhorns couldn't get rid of the network so it's yeah and and nobody's watching the big 10 the longhorn network nobody watches it
0: yeah, except I, for you, I watch. I watch it occasionally. Like Texas plays a couple games on there a year. I watch those, but a couple basketball games. But you're right. It's it, the Longhorn Network is really helping the secondary sports. It's helping recruiting with those sports because all those sports are now on TV, so they're getting you know visibility. But they're not getting. But ESPN is not getting the big numbers they were expecting. Now, Ted, what I found interesting about this is because ESPN wants out. You know, ESPN's paying. Uh, paying Texas um, several million per year so there's a there's a thought out there that maybe ESPN would give UT a buyout to end the to end the contract early of something in the round of 50 million dollars which would coincidentally be the buyout to leave the conference. So there's now thought that UT might say fine you want us out of the you want to end the Longhorn network pay us out. We'll use that money to leave the Big 12 tomorrow. And next thing you know, they're in the Big 10 or they're in the Pac-12. See, I think they're going to go
1: to Pac because they've had a lo- they've been talking about going to Pac for a long time. Yeah,
0: that's where they almost went to. I mean, they're, they're going to go to one of those two because they're, they also try to keep it about the academics. That's why they're never going to the SEC. Right. That's never going to happen. Um, so, of course, the closer we get to the end of the contract, the more likely this could become, in my opinion. So, yeah, this Ted – how crazy would it be if the Big 12 doesn't act in time and UT finally gets fed up, takes the money, closes the network down. Next thing you know, they're in the Pac-12. And then, and then that's when the U of H finally gets into the
1: Big 12, right when the, right when the Big 12 dissolves.
0: <laughs> I know. Poor Houston. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's why I'm with you. The Big 12 needs to be proactive. You know, find a conference. Join up, become the first super conference, and it, it, it maintains be a leader. your survival. Be a
1: leader for the first time in a long time, and become the super conference that you know is going to happen. You know, we all know that in four to six years there's going to be four super conferences. Be the leader and make the first one.
0: I completely agree. So, uh, so Ted, let's mo- moving away from football now. And let's go into our favorite world in a galaxy far, far away. What's going on, Ted, in Star Wars land? All
1: right, we've got a smattering of Star Wars news to talk about. First up, some Rogue One, a couple of Rogue One uh, tidbits with the first official TV trailer being released earlier this week. Will, have you seen this, and what are your thoughts?
0: Well, I have not seen it, but I've read about it. And when I once I once I read that it was basically just a trim down version of the trailer with nothing new, I didn't really. I lost interest to go find it. I could just go. You watch the trailer again. You didn't miss anything. You didn't miss it. What I
1: read. This is what I wrote in my notes. Eh. Oh. <laughs> um, eh. It's I mean, nothing t- we t- haven't t- Ted, seen before. It's tell nothing me, that tell wasn't. Me when
0: Vader shows up, and I'm in.
1: Yeah. Right. No. Invader. Didn't. It was. It was the shortened. Um. Oh crap! Saw Guerrero Who got? Who's got? Uh, of Whitaker. Forrest was, it was like, like three words from his really cool speech in the one trailer. And uh, what's her name's? I'm a, I, I'm a rebel. I rebel, thing. Which I'm really not a huge fan of that. Um. So yes, you did not miss anything. Uh, the next Rogue One report uh, comes from Deadline and states that during the reshoots that occurred earlier this year and everybody was talking about, Tony Gilroy and not director Gareth Edwards was calling the shots behind the camera. In addition, there are now rumors that Tony Gilroy is supervising post-production, again, not Gareth Edwards. Will, do you buy these reports, and what do you think it means for Rogue One?
0: Well, Ted, I do do buy the reports just because it sounds like Gareth Edwards and uh tony gilroy have done this before they did it they did it um during godzilla um he basically it sounds like when he needs someone to kind of maybe trim up the story make sure the editing's editing's in the right pace Bounce ideas
1: off of he,
0: exactly it would be like me making a movie and bringing you in and say hey do you mind bouncing this off you what would what you recommend um, they've done this before. Now, what I find funny is people saying, "Oh, you know, Gareth Edwards is making this big war movie. He's making he's basically turned Star Wars into Saving Private Ryan, and it's too dark. And you brought in Tony Gil- Tony Gilroy to liven it up. That's not what's happening because Tony Gilroy does not do that. No, he, he did the <laughs> you know, Bourne movies. Exactly. He's yeah. Now, what I can see him doing is maybe smoothing the story, making right. sure that you know. The beginning of the film ties in with the end of the film, things like that.
1: And and I could also see, I if we're talking about toning down the Saving Private Ryan thing, right? I could see Gareth shooting some pretty graphic war scenes. We know this is going to be a war film, right? We saw the trailer, uh, the the behind the scenes featurette, the three minute featurette that came out of Celebration a few weeks ago. That was a pretty hardcore... I mean, there were explosions and people flying. I could see him taking that maybe a bit too far, where it gets a little bit more graphic. And this is still the Star Wars universe. You'll get to PG-13, but we're not going over that line. And they don't want to make a hardcore PG-13. And quite frankly, I don't think it's necessary. I still want my daughter, who's five, to watch... This movie, I don't want her to be freaked out, but I I, I do want it to be more adult oriented than some of the earlier films. So I think Tony Gilroy, while and you kind of hit the nail on the head, while he's not going to tone it down and make it a comedy, he may be able to soften some of those rough rough edges a little bit.
0: Yeah, and also keep in mind they want to keep the fantasy element of Star Wars. You don't want to make it too real. Because then you're taking completely out of Star Wars, and you know, you know they did the five weeks of reshoots. Um, that's not surprising. Now, it'd be what what is cool, Ted, to go back in the time machine. This isn't the first Star Wars movie that's had dramatic production changes during re, during uh, reshoots. If you go back to the original trilogy, Ted, yep, the film's cantina scene where Han Solo faces off with Greedo and Han shoots first, even though that's not what you see in the movie now. That was completely revamped during reshoots, and in Empire Strikes Back, the shoot went so off schedule and so over budget Mm -hmm. that creator George Lucas fired Gary Kurtz and brought in uh, uh, his producer who was his producer on Star Wars and American Graffiti, and then in Return of the Jedi – he put Richard Marquand on as director, but then ultimately he serv- George Lucas supervised and the, the, all of the shooting himself at the, the end. The
1: rumors have always been that 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 guy was director name only, and that George was yeah. was pulling the shots. The other thing I'll point out that if Gareth was really on the outs here, if he was, if if Lucasfilm was not happy with him and he was on the outs, he would not have been at Celebration. They did that with Justin Trank. And I know it was a different phase of filming. But as soon as they... Yeah. As soon as Justin Trank started talking smack about his previous films and not playing ball and those sorts of things. I'm not blaming Justin for any of that. But I'm just saying, as soon as those started things started happening, they had a whole thing f- planned for that celebration with Justin Trank. And then all of a sudden, he no-showed. And it's yeah. not like he no-showed Lucasfilm pulled him. So mm. I have no doubt that if he was on the outs, he he wouldn't have been uh, uh, so much highlighted at, oh, at yeah. Celebration. Plus, I don't think they would have allowed Ryan Johnson to put him in. We mentioned yeah. it a couple weeks ago where Gareth is making a cameo in episode um, 8. And I just yeah, I don't exactly. I don't believe right, Lucasfilm would would sign off on any of that if Gareth was on
0: was was on the out. So no, I, I, I think, think a lot's I think a lot's being made of this. These two guys are friends. They and, bore together. And in I the think past. this is as
1: much Gar- Gareth doing this as it is Lucasfilm's. Yeah. Because and, why would Lucasfilm bring in Tony Gilroy?
0: Yeah, they they wouldn't. I mean, they bring in Spielberg. You know, they bring in a big boy. You know, what I'm saying someone <laughs> in their in their family. They bring um, JJ. Bring your, to do something worst case you would bring bring him back in just to battle it i mean the what i'm hearing this was collaborative between the two of them not combative hey we can go into examples where it's been combative go back to last year's fantastic four okay that's that that's a negative someone coming in taking over and so i don't i don't see anything anything of this ted I, i completely agree so uh our final star wars story ted that i want us to discuss um, broke late this afternoon. I found it. I'm um, just prepping for the show up on starwarsnewsnet.com. It um, looks like ABC and Lucasfilm are in talks for a future Star Wars TV series. Now, this isn't really breaking news as we were expecting a TV series at some point, but I know us talking off air, we're thinking more and more maybe we'd see something on Netflix, but not necessarily ABC. So, Ted, now that we know that they're talking about a show, a TV series on ABC, what are your thoughts and what would you like to see in that Star Wars TV series?
1: So a lot of this comes from a discussion that Channing Dungey, who's the ABC president, had at the Television Critics Association Summer uh, Press tour, which I believe we're going to have many, many quotes from that uh, later on in in this episode. Um, I I, kind of don't want it to happen. Um, And I say that. As a huge fan of the Marvel shows on Netflix and as a watcher, but not a huge fan of what ABC has done with um, Agent Carter and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they dropped Most Wanted. Um, I I just, I, I really have zero desire to see a toned down Star Wars universe, especially when you look at what some of the previous rumors of TV shows from the Star Wars universe has been, which was the... Uh, uh, initial discussions from six, seven, eight years ago with HBO was a movie or TV series called, uh, Star Wars Underworld, which was going to focus on the gritty underworld of uh, Coruscant. Um, and HBO at the time didn't felt like it was going to cost them about $5 million an episode to produce. And they just balked at that, which is funny because that's about the same number that, that they're paying for, uh, Game of Thrones, uh, and this could have been a Game of Thrones type show for for HBO. Um, I, I still would like to see if we're going to see a TV show at all. And I'm honestly, I get worried about those TV shows because,
0: yeah,
1: if if there's a TV show, I'd re- I would I would prefer it to be something like Underworld where it has zero to do with anything in the movies, anything yeah. other than it's in the same universe. But I don't want it to tie in characters. I don't want it to do any of that because, as we've seen with Shield, when you force those sorts of things, it just doesn't
0: work. Yeah. Yeah, What What I prefer is a Netflix series based on the old Knights of the Old Republic. Yes. Because then you can do anything. I mean, or HBO. You know, HBO or Netflix because you can go Game of Thrones. I mean, you can do so much there. It's thousands of years before. The Star Wars universe time period so you don't have to worry about shoe horning in Han Solo or you know a Skywalker or anything like that and I'm a huge fan of the Knights of the Republic video games I'm praying we get another one one day, please God, but that's the show I want to see there's nothing that ABC can do that's going to entice me I'll watch course. it but like yeah, I'll I'm, watch
1: it. I'm scared it's going to be crappy. And I just, I would much rather see them on Netflix or don't do it at all. Just do it right. And I—and—and and here's the thing. Yes, they're all owned by Disney. You know, ABC and Lucasfilms. But I believe that Kathleen Kennedy, as, as the head of Lucasfilms, is not going to allow that product to be poorly managed by ABC. I have confidence in her so they can talk and if it shows up on ABC then I will have hope that Lucasfilm is completely running the show and they will do the right
0: show yeah and so we'll uh, definitely keep tabs on this and once we know anything more we will share it with you so Ted let's switch over and start discussing some TV news starting with our show we've already talked about mentioned but our favorite show on TV right now Game of Thrones. Yeah, as,
1: as we mentioned, the Television Critics Association Summer Press tour was over the weekend and HBO confirmed that Game of Thrones is going to end after eight, the eighth season, with both the seventh and the eighth season being shorter than the historical ten episodes. Uh, I believe the seventh season's already been said that it's going to be seven episodes. I'm not sure if they've announced what, what the eighth season will be. Well, do you think this is the right move on HBO's part to stop Game of Thrones at eight seasons?
0: Well, you know, the inside of me wants Game of Thrones never to end. So, of course, I would say no. But I, I don't want – I want them, the showrunners, uh, off and uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Dan, Dan Weiss. I yeah. want them to do their vision and give us a right ending. Parts of this past season felt like they were dragging. Every you season. Know, like feel, were,
1: there's always one or two you know, or three episodes that feels like it's dragging.
0: Yeah, and so I don't want them to make almost the entire season – of them dragging things on just because HBO wants twelve seasons. I want them to stick to their plan, give us really good quality episodes, and I, I yeah I hate the fact that we're not going to get another ten episode season. The next two are both going to be less than ten seasons. But if that's their plan and that's what the showrunners feel they need and they want, then I will I will I will go off to this. This has been an awesome show, so I will defer to them, um, Ted. What do you think? I completely agree. You know, with the ten season. A 10-episode
1: season, we've always seen one or two, like you mentioned, transition episodes. I'm assuming with a with an 8- or 7-episode season, we're not going to see any transition episodes. And if they extended it to 10, we would see half a dang season of transition episodes. And their writing has really been close to flawless, in my opinion. So, end it when they want to. Completely agree with what you said.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, I, I completely agree. What I'm not excited for, Ted, is the fact that season... Uh, seven next year is going to come out later than normal because of a delayed shooting schedule because it sounds like obviously we know winter is now here. So they're having to delay their their production in order to get a lot of winter location shooting in for next season. So now it looks like we're not going to get game of Thrones until the summertime next year. Where as opposed to the spring. Yeah, it
1: sucks. We're going to have to, yeah, it sucks. (laughs) Um, Okay, here's another little TV tidbit. Uh, We talked last week about all the Netflix Marvel shows, and and I made an assumption that we are going to get five series next year. Four or five series. However, at the same Television Critics Association press event, Marvel has announced that we will be getting Cage this year like we knew, uh, then Iron Fist, then Defenders, with Daredevil Season 3 and Jessica Jones Season 2 not occurring until 2018. Well, is this the right move that we're going to have almost two years? For the next season of Daredevil and Jessica Jones?
0: Yeah, yeah, Ted, I'm I'm totally confused now. I mean, <laughs> I was so jazzed. I was thinking we were getting all these shows in 2017, and now it sounds like we're only getting two series a year. Yeah. You know they they have to they have to up that with all these shows to get to, to at least three.
1: Well, and even this year they did three. They did.
0: No, no, um, no, 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 no. This will be two. Luke Cage will be the second. The second Marvel series this year, following Daredevil season two. When did that's Jessica it. Jones was, come out? Jessica, Jessica Jones was last year. Oh, was it really? Yeah, yeah. It's, that okay. was that long ago. I yeah. know. I, I looked
1: that up. Okay. Too. Was, so, and if that's the case, then they've got to go. They need to go up to three or four. I mean, they're not going to water down the properties
0: that way. So, and so Ted, with, maybe
1: with you their binge this. watching thing,
0: they can do that. Exactly. They can do it. Uh, so, so, so answer this right so I'm clear. So next year, we have Iron Fist. And the Defenders. Yes. That's it.
1: Then then the Defenders. So, Iron Fist, we all, yeah. I also made the assumption last time we talked about this, that Defenders was coming first. I made a prediction that Defenders was coming first, and then Iron Fist, I was wrong. It is going to be Iron Fist first, and then Defenders. So, my guess is Iron Fist will come out sometime in the March time frame, um, and then Defenders will come out sometime in the October-September yeah. time frame, about when
0: Luke Cage is coming out Yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, this year. Okay, so speaking of the, of the Defenders, um, what do you think – if any, we will get Punisher's involvement in the defenders. You know, I, yes. I, I, I've, Frank, I've, Frank Castle was excluded from the teaser that we saw—a like very quick teaser. But uh, their Netflix chief content officer, Ted Sarandos, he did say when asked about Punisher's involvement, he said, "Stay tuned."
1: Yeah, I think I think he is going to play a supporting role. Um, my guess is going to be, and this is just prediction time, right? So. Um, they're fighting the hand. We know that. That's that's going to be the big bad of the defenders. Um, and at some point, either the defenders are going to come across Punisher doing what he does, or um, Murdoch is going to call him in because they need some help against the hand. And yeah. and when it's the hand, Murdoch's not going to really care about killing them. No. Um, yeah. I, so I, so that's that's. I, is he going to be in as many episodes as he was in the last season? of daredevil, probably not. But could I see him in a three-episode arc, two or three-episode arc? Yeah, probably. Yeah,
0: I, I think because we're only getting two series next next year, that everyone will at at least one point show up on the Defenders. Yes, think, and I we haven't even see. talked
1: about the fact that nowhere in what I just discussed is the rumored Punisher spinoff. Like, so if we've got if we have Iron Fist. Um, uh, Defenders next year. Defenders, Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, um, and Punisher. We You've got to go... Yeah. People are not going to wait three years for their next season, especially when the next season of uh, Iron Fist... You know, I'm assuming that Iron Fist and Cage are going to both be very good. So I'm hoping instead of doing a second season of Cage and a second season of Iron Fist, they... They, they combine them into Heroes for Hire, which is what Iron Fist and Cage are. Um, and, and then that ends up being their second season. But I don't want to yeah. wait till 2018 or 2019 for that. Oh, so, well, no,
0: exactly. And, and so they're going to have to if they stick to the two series per year because 2017's booked. 2018 is already booked if you have uh, – daredevil season three and jessica jones season two
1: right so then you're waiting you're waiting from, you're in
0: 2019
1: yep you're 2019 until we see cage you know other than in the defenders until you see cage again and I, I, that's a bad idea especially considering how big and how supportive people were of cage and jessica jones um and how good cage looks right now uh to only see him uh, in The Defenders and not really in the standalone or at least in a in a combined role with Iron Fist at so a Heroes for Hire type show until 2019, I think that's a mistake.
0: I, I completely agree, Ted. Um, well, staying with superheroes on TV, um, let's move to the CW um, where I was finally able to finish The Flash. I'm all caught up. And, man, I love that show. Um, I'm also about halfway through the first season of Supergirl, um, I'm gonna call up on arrow all four seasons and then I do plan to start legends of tomorrow um, In the coming weeks to be finished with all the shows and all caught up by the time the new shows kick in in October Flash is definitely my favorite show. I know it's your favorite show Ted of, the, of these four um, and we know that this coming season starting off with their flashpoint episode I'm very interested to see how this impacts the other CW shows, specifically Arrow and Supergirl. They've come out – all of the creators have come out and said we know these are the same universe. Flashpoint at some point will have some impact on almost everybody. Um, Ted, you're not – we're, we're, I'm just warning this now. We're going to get into some spoilers here for these shows, so be warned. Um, Ted, before I get your thoughts, I just want to bring everyone up to speed now that I'm caught up on Arrow. I know you don't watch that show. Here's why I think it's going to impact Arrow because one of the main characters on Arrow died this in the last season. So by by Flashpoint resetting things, it allows them to bring this character back, for one, if they wanted to do that. Well, and also the, the, is- the way the season ended with Arrow Arrow's mayor of the city now. So with him being mayor, it kind of limits his ability to be the Arrow. So I think that's going to change. Um, I don't know how Supergirl ends. I know they're introducing Superman. Right. They cast the person someone to be Superman. So, but regarding Flash and how the crossover would work, Ted, and Flashpoint, what do you think we might see, at least in the beginning couple episodes this year? So
1: a couple things, going back into what you were mentioning about Arrow, um, since we already said we're probably going to be talking spoilers, uh, you're you're talking about the Canary character, right? So they've already announced she's coming back as a CW regular. So she's going to, just like John uh, Barrowman... Uh, who plays Merlin. Yeah, all Algor. Yeah. yeah. Um, is now he is now a CW regular, so he can float as a regular between yeah, all the CW shows. shows. Yeah. They've said the same thing about uh the Canary character. So they've already let that cat out of the bag. Um as for you well, well keep
0: in mind the actress who plays Black Canary did show up as an alternate character on flash from, uh, from Earth Two.
1: well everybody showed up as an alternate character on flash <laughs> um you know you are a braver person than i am uh, getting caught up on all the cw shows uh i never could get into legends of tomorrow it's just too hokey as for arrow i i was one of the biggest fans of arrow i i was into arrow i loved that show uh, passionate about it, I. That was stop down television for me for the first three seasons. Uh, midway through this last season, they lost me. I, I, I watched midway. i I watched until Christmas, and then I not watched another episode. Yeah. Um, so basically, so, once
0: he became the Green Arrow, you lost interest. It's
1: so disjointed and became too much of a soap opera for me. And, um, and there's so much other good TV on right now. I just well, I I, mean, I have a limited amount of TV that I watch, and that was not. I was not going to stop down for that. Uh, Flash is one of my favorite TV shows on. Quite frankly, it's probably second favorite comic TV show behind uh, Daredevil uh, for me. I I, I think it's just tremendous television. Um, I've not watched Supergirl. I didn't watch it on CBS. I will check it out on CW. Um, You... If they're all the same universe and unless Supergirl is going to start before Flash does his paradox thing and they try to do some like introductory episodes before they go all wonky, um, it has to cross over or you can't buy that this is all the same universe. So they've tied their hands because they already made the first three shows, uh, Legends of Tomorrow and Arrow and Flash. They, they've made that very clear. It's all the same. It's all the same universe. Um,
0: the well, yeah, Super Supergirl has shown up on Flash.
1: Vice versa, technically, I think. technically, yeah, Flash, but that was
0: there's a scene of Flash going into going from Earth one to Earth two, right. and they show Supergirl. So they so, so
1: they've admitted that those are two different universes, although per the the Flashpoint could bring them all together. Um, so it's got to tie in how that happens. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I do. I am starting to get concerned about Flash because. Every season is the villain is a fast guy. Um, it's like everybody's got um, speed force powers. Like I know yeah. somebody, I was watching a something on YouTube and, and it was the Oprah Winfrey. You've got the speed force and you've got the speed force and you've got the speed force. And I'm like, it's... That's how it is, right? Exactly. First, well, it's like in the okay, first season? Okay, we're gonna season, go to Earth ha-
0: Four now to bring the villain well, in. Well, in the I first like, season,
1: yeah. you had it. it was re- it was you know Thrawn and 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 Flash, and then this season, good God, everybody! Ha- I mean, there's like six people at the damn Speed Force. So, I at some point they have to expand past that. And I'd love them to bring back like Grodd and let him be the super bad guy for for a whole season. It's so one of the things I love about yeah. Flash is they don't have this. Villain of the Week. I mean, they mix villain of the Week type stuff in there every once in a while, but every yeah. season has this overarching bad guy. And Well, I do. That's
0: well, this, one you know, of the things goes, I
1: love.
0: I, I agree. This, this goes to what you said about, you know, like John Barman, for example, being a crossover. The one thing I do like about Arrow, yeah, the, the the soap opera thing I don't like, but it is the most real of the shows, you know, because, you know, Arrow's not a superhero. He's a normal it's guy. The less,
1: it's the it's, least.
0: It's Let's the most rephrase grounded that. Of yeah, you have it's magic. Least, you have magic, and it's stuff the like least
1: that. comic booky. I would not say it's the most real because there's a lot of things on Arrow on, that are not these, real.
0: Exactly. It's it, it's more grounded. I guess is the best term. But like John Barman, who is Ogle, it's gonna be really cool to see him cross over into Flash and Supergirl. Yes. Because, absolutely. Yeah, because he would be a different kind of a different kind of. Um, Bad guy that you could have for all the shows, but uh, I'm just happy to be one reason why I'm watching Arrow. It's you know, <laughs> it allows me to stay married. Yes. My wife got into Arrow a lot sooner than I did, and so I basically made an it, effort to catch it, up. It's
1: not a bad ep- it's not a bad show, and if you've got somebody to watch it with, it it makes it bearable. I am sure.
0: Yeah, and she loves it because of the soap opera yes. part. That's why she likes it. It's
1: why um, hey, so- I like I used like
0: wrestling because of the soap opera part. So to each their own. Hey. My- Hey, she, my wife loves wrestling. We watch wrestling, too. She, but she tunes out. But when then when the divas show up, she's all engaged. There you go. So, uh, so Ted, moving on to the movie world. Any news that we need to discuss? Oh, there's
1: lots of news. Um, late last week, the trailer for Mel Gibson, the Mel Gibson-directed Hacksaw Ridge was released. The film stars Andrew Garfield, who plays a Seventh-day Adventist serving in World War II, who can't fight in the war due to his faith, um, pacifist. So, instead, he becomes a medic. Well, what did, I know you saw this. We talked about this. What did you think of the trailer?
0: I loved it, Ted. I, I cannot wait for this movie. Mel Gibson is a great director. Um, I love how Andrew Garfield is playing his role. I mean, it, it's really good. The, the rest of the cast, I really like. Um, it's got the... What's that guy's name? He was in... Uh, he was in the... Uh, okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna keep talking he was in avatar he was the main guy in Avatar. oh sam worthington sam worthington thank you you're welcome and great great cast i can't wait for this movie ted um what were your opinion same
1: um uh i i hope you know mel gibson is a tremendous director uh the movies he has directed have been some of the best movies ever if you haven't seen apocalypto go run out and get it um the interesting thing for me will be to see if Garfield can really carry a film by himself. Um, he hasn't, you know. Yes, I understand he was lead in Spider Man, but that's a different type of film than, and yeah, we you, those weren't great films. Not to his fault. I, I actually like Andrew Garfield in Spider Man films, but he hasn't really truly carried a block, a non comic book film by himself.
0: Yeah, big I, big film big film you're right you're right it's gonna be interesting to see how andrew garfield plays but the trailer which is all we have to go on so far tremendous i i definitely give it a thumbs up and um can't wait when when does the movie come out ted do you remember
1: winter we're just gonna say winter yeah
0: yeah, i believe i believe it is yeah i think it's like maybe october
1: no i thought it was
0: later let's see
1: all right while you're doing that Um, It hasn't even been released yet, but Fantastical Beasts and Where to Find Them already has a sequel announced. According to the Hollywood Reporter, the world of Harry Potter is going to continue to grow with a second Fantastical Beast scheduled to hit theaters on November 16th, 2018. The first Fantastical Beast hits this November. According to the report, the second film could cover the rise of Gellert Grindelwald, a dark wizard that came to power during the time of World War II. Will, what are your thoughts on this? And did you find well, the first answer me, about when Hacksaw Ridge? Yeah, first Ridge let me get up. back
0: to you on Hacksaw Ridge. It opens two weeks before Fantastic Beasts on November second. So okay, you got that going. As far as this, uh, first let me say I'm very interested in the in the Fantastic Beasts movie this year. You and me both. Um, just going back to the Harry Potter world, I'm all in. I've been to the Harry Potter theme park uh, at uh, Universal Studios yep. in Florida. It's really awesome. We're pl- I know we're going to plan to spend an afternoon there next year when we're in Orlando. It's just, I love that world. As far as the sequel um, being about Gellert Grindelwald, I, I'm I, I buy it, man. I mean, I buy anything that starts bringing us back toward the Harry Potter uh, time frame that we're all aware of. And just to refresh everybody, as far as who Gellert Grindelwald is, well, he's the baddie that tried to put that tried to put forth all the Deathly hollows with Albus Dumbledore before Albus. Yeah. Realize, you know, hey, he didn't want to really go that far, and so he com- So basically, he went. He combined himself with. He got together with Bethelda Bagshot, and the two of them went out and searched for the Deathly Hollows, and then basically fell apart when he had a duel with Alberforth and um, Albus Dumbledore, that resulted in their sister's death. That's where they stopped being friends. Um, and then obviously, Grindelwald went to prison, and he eventually, he eventually uh, had his death by Voldemort. When Voldemort came searching for the Elder Wand, and he would not tell him, so I'm definitely interested in the startup of of how uh, he came to be. You know, he's from Germany. He went to the German Wizarding Institute of Durmstrang. Yep. So I'm I'm all in on this. How about you, Ted?
1: I, I am too. Uh, I am too. I I'm with you. I love the Harry Potter world. I love the expansion of it. I love all those sorts of things. I've only got a couple of issues. Just a couple of things. Just make me hesitate completely diving in 100%. One is, as with anything, I just I don't want the whole thing to get watered down. Right? I mean, the more films you feel, you you put out, the more possibility things can get watered down. The other thing is, especially when we know some of the backstory, especially if you've read the books about Grindelwald. Like, some of the books really go in, the, the later books kind of go into that whole thing. Um, I don't want to have a movie that loses consistency with what was already mentioned in the books or the movies. And that's a fear that you have with prequels, right? Like you've got these, you've always, and it's one of the biggest issues we had with the star Wars prequels, right? Like there was stuff that didn't match up. Um, So those are my only two real concerns. I hope I I love it. I love being back in the star Wars world. I just, that's my fear.
0: Yeah, I, the reason why I don't have as much concern is because I have faith in J.K. Rowling. She's doing the screenplay for all these movies. Yes. So I, that's
1: true. That's a really
0: good point, Will. So I, I think she's going to have a handle over the world, and she's—I don't think she's going to allow things to um, contradict themselves. And I, I have hearing <laughs> – This is where that they're going, man. You do realize they're eventually going to have a movie, like after the Harry Potter land. We're going. They're going to bring all the characters back, and they're going to. So there's a rumor. The
1: rumor is. And and we'll see if it's true or not. the The rumor is that they'll they'll do these fantastical beasts every other year. So you'll have one this year, you'll have one in 2018, you'll have one in 2020. Then in 2022, you'll do um, this play that just came out. Yeah, um,
0: they wrote a book yeah, about it. Yeah. Right. You'll
1: make that into a movie using the original cast because that's what the movie the, yeah. the play's about. And they'll be about appropriate ish age. Um and and then that's how you'll kinda of close up the whole thing because JK's also said that she's not writing any more books. She's done. Um now she said that before and she's written a lot of short stories and things of that nature. So we'll see what happens. But money talks and if more and more money comes then she will she they will back up the truck and she will yeah. take the money.
0: And, I mean I expect all these movies to make serious cash so of course if that proves me wrong and the fantastic beasts this november Does poor then I'll change my opinion, but I don't see that happening I think harry potter is just going to print cash and then keep making these movies and she's gonna keep writing books Because she's got great 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 grandkids that she wants to make sure are set up for all <laughs> You know she's already taking care of her kids and her grandkids, but she's going down the generation There you top, go, so they'll back up the truck give her another, you know, 100 million to write a couple books and we'll st- we'll keep going down this twenty, ten, twenty 10 20 years from now similar to how we're going to continue to have Star Wars movies. Yes. I th- this this is WB's um, big property right now. You know, they're kind of they're not they're not kicking they're not doing awesome so far in the DC universe. This thing is definitely going to be the one franchise they're gonna bank on every year to make their investors happy and know that they're they're, they're successful and they're making money
1: and for the most part Novembers a, uh, it's not a big month I mean yeah this year we've got dr. Strange but um, November is not a big month for huge blockbusters like December is starting to get owned by um, Star Wars November Thanksgiving type weekend could be owned by Harry Potter I so, agree um. As has been expected, uh, Marvel has changed the names of the upcoming Avengers film from Avengers Infinity War Part 1 and 2 to Avengers Infinity War for the third film. And then keeping the Avengers 4 uh, is unnamed, but it's not going to be a Part 2. Will, what do you think about this? What do you think the second Avengers film um, or the
0: fourth Avengers film will end up being called? Well, first, I'm not concerned about them changing the name. I actually think it's smart. Um, you know, Marvel, the whole Disney team, you know, they're smart. They they realize that I think the public's getting um, part two fatigue. You know, this started with Harry Potter. We were just talking about Harry Potter, where they decided to make the last book two movies. And then you had Twilight. Then you had Hunger Games. And they didn't do well in the box office because – People are like, why do I want to go to part one and just see half the story, and then part two ends up just being a big action film? So, I don't really, I don't honestly, I don't think it changes the story. I think they know what they're going to do with these movies. Um, It wouldn't shock me. I mean, honestly, I because you're not you're bringing Thanos Thanos in to be the big bad in Infinity War. I don't see him getting killed off. I can't.
1: If he is, it's going to piss me off because obviously we know that that's one of the
0: big weaknesses
1: of of Marvel films or one of the big complaints. I'm not sure it's completely yeah. valid as weak villains killing Thanos in one film would, be, would be, weak be terrible
0: also you asked me what I think the name of the sequel is going to be that I don't know because I don't think we're going to know that until the first movie comes out because I think it's going to be a giveaway from what happens in the first movie yeah. so I could see the title possibly being uh, being revealed like in the end credits of Infinity War that'd be pretty I awesome I could see it being you know what I'm saying? That'd be pretty hey, awesome. Join us a year from now for part two, which, because I, I could see the first Infinity War kind of ending with Thanos getting all of the Infinity Stones. I agree. And then he's starting, then, he, he, then basically it has an Empire Strikes Back ending where he's the big bad, he's got the big weapon, possibly kills an avenger with it at the very end who knows and then segues into the next avenger next year um you know i did look at all of our release dates we have coming up through the may 19th may 2019 second avengers unnamed avengers film you know we have obviously doctor strange this november and then in 17 we got guardians of galaxy 2 spider-man homecoming and Thor Ragnarok and then in 2018 we have Black Panther in February and then the first Infinity War. So then that's going to play off a lot of these movies prior to it and then between Infinity the Avengers Infinity War and then the untitled Avengers Avengers project we still have in 2018 Ant-Man sequel and Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. So that's what we have coming up. I think we I, I think we both expect Captain Marvel to show up before her movie. I think you said it. You said you expect her to show up in the Infinity War first Avengers film. Yeah. I completely agree, perhaps at the end. Um, but then we have the second Avengers film, May 2019. And I think that's where this whole phase completely ends. Thanos could, will get defeated in that movie. And they will pass the torch, I'd say, to the next generation of Avengers.
1: Yeah, with Black Panther and Mar and Captain Marvel and Yeah, no, I I agree. I think we're gonna lose one of the Avengers in, in Infinity War and the second the fourth film is gonna be Infinity Gauntlet or Infinity
0: something. Yeah, or or it could be like let's say hypothetically Captain America dies. I could see I could see the second Avengers film being some sort of homage to like the death of Captain America, yep. something they don't want to give up, so they they wouldn't give away right now.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Absolutely. Or Iron Man or any of the other main characters. I I agree. Um. So Suicide Squad is coming out this weekend. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, and we've been getting, getting some new trailers as well as some breaking news. We've we've known since the first trailer of Suicide Squad that Batman was going to make an appearance in the film. However, there is news that Ezra Miller's Flash. Is going to appear in the film and not in an end credits scene. Well, how major do you think Flash's role will be in the film?
0: Not major. No, I, I think it's going to be the same thing as in Batman versus Superman. I think it's going to be a quick. I mean, honestly, it could possibly be a dream sequence. <laughs> I mean, it, it could. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't think they're going to go into any backstory with him in this. They're going to save that for his solo film. Agreed. So it could simply be another fluky thing where he shows up and he says, you know, not the whole "am I too early" thing, but you just see him kind of pop in. Yep. And then immediately pop out. So I think
1: he's, he's, he's going to be a thread through all these DC films. I think you could see him popping up in Wonder Woman, where. He's doing these time travel things and talking to these d- different pe- groups of people at different times. And you're going to see him pop up in Suicide Squad. You're going to see him pop up in Wonder Woman. You're going to see him pop up in Cyborg or whatever. Um, I, I That's my prediction. So yeah, I'm with you. A, I think it's going to be minor.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, Ted. I could, that's, that would be good um, tissue to bring all the movies together, kind of that, that thread that just – is in every movie great yeah that's a great idea so
1: um and we'll get to the bo- how he did in the box office this weekend this last weekend um with J- with jason Bourne. but matt damon is getting some significant grief for his next role the trailer for great wall a fantasy adventure film that takes place over a thousand years ago stars matt damon who plays a soldier in a ancient china um and and for those that don't know matt damon's white um playing a role in 8,000 years ago in ancient China.
0: Uh, Will, what are your thoughts on this and, and what's what do you think is going on? Yeah, as a fellow white guy, um, I mean, I, I, I totally understand um, the public's kind of outrage and you know, they're saying the Hollywood just continues to whitewash um, their films, particularly you know as it relates to Asian characters, unfortunately. Um, if <laughs> If you, for, for those that don't remember, you know we also have uh, a non-Asian playing the Ancient One in Doctor Strange in Tilda Swinton, um, who's Tibetan in the comics. And then also in Ghost in the Shell, we have Scarlett yeah. Johansson playing the lead character.
1: And, and we had the, um, uh, the well, Aloha had the film where you had uh, some a white female actor, I can't remember her name, playing in Hawaiian.
0: Yeah, so, so so in the Great Wall, you know, we have Damon playing a European soldier who fights monsters on the Great Wall of China. <laughs> yeah. So you have. Yeah. So you have a couple um, Asian actors who are posting you know, on social media, basically calling on Hollywood to stop per- perpetuating the racist myth that only a white man can save the world. It's not based on actual fact and that our heroes do not look like Matt Damon. <laughs> they look like Gandhi. And Mandela. So I, I, I understand. And then this isn't hey, and this is bleeding over into other well known actors. There's also a movie coming out with featuring Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio as a Persian poet. And now they're saying stop rewriting history by casting a white actor to play this role. And also the same movie, they have cast Robert Downey Jr. as an Iranian mystic who's by the name Seriously? of Shams of Tabriz. So So, I, I will say
1: initially what I wrote, what what my kind of my my show notes, what I wrote was, um, I'll make a guarantee right now. I don't know when this film will come out, but unless they can come up with a legitimate reason why Damon is cast like he is, the film's going to bomb. We saw that with Gods of Egypt, you know, where there was everybody at that show was white, and I don't know if you bit Egyptians or not. Um, However, there was an article today, late today, that came out in Variety. Uh, with, with an interview by Zhang Yimu who is the director of The Great Wall. Um, and he says, Matt Damon is not playing a role that was originally conceived for a Chinese actor. The arrival of his character in our story is an important plot point. There are five major heroes in our story, and he is one of them, and the other four are all Chinese. I have not and will not cast a film in a way that was untrue to my artistic vision. Um, so, it's got a bunch of mystical warriors. It's obviously not based on reality. So, again, I'm with you. I think it's stupid for the whitewashing. I I will hold my condemnation of this until I see more of the trailer trailers. This trailer yeah. focused on Matt Damon because it was an American trailer and they're going to focus on the people that we know.
0: Yeah. Um, hopefully, the next trailer is released does not do that because it takes some people off. Well, Ted, let's have full disclosure here. It works the other way around. We've got Transformers being written for a Chinese audience just so they can make more money overseas. Absolutely. So – you know, Matt Damon is going to draw an audience. Leonardo DiCaprio is going to draw an audience. The reason why Gods of Egypt bombed wasn't necessarily because there was a whole bunch of white boys. It was because the movie was bad. Well, that's true, you know, but it didn't it, help. It was a bad movie. It didn't but, help. Well, and Aloha
1: was that way. I mean, Aloha wasn't a horrible film, but people were so upset because it was based off of a book that had a Asian Pacific uh, Islander uh, in the lead role and they cast it with kate hudson or whomever it was um okay
0: let's see what's next well next ted is um since we missed our monday show um and before we get into the movies coming out this weekend along with um our box office predictions let's do a a review of last weekend's box office results so ted take us through last weekend's box office all
1: right um last week i Jason Bourne came in first with just under $60 million, 59.2. Star Trek Beyond at 24.7. Bad Moms, The Secret Life of Pets, and Ice Age Collision Course. Uh, That jives with
0: exactly what you and I said.
1: We had the
0: order down perfect. We, We had the order down perfect. I overshot gross for Jason Bourne. Just a little bit. Yeah, did. By is. about $20 million. Yes. So,
1: I was $4 million off. I just want to yeah, point you,
0: that out. You, you nailed it, man. So you, you win the week. I'm definitely. getting good at this whole guessing this. the uh, I was off by like a million dollars last week. Yeah, so I mean, so, so obviously Jason Bourne, if I had to say what surprised me, I mean, I expected more from Jason Bourne. I, you know, I thought... It did do the second. I, it has the second international box
1: office to all the board films
0: yeah i i I mean i thought they were they would do as much per per theater as ultimatum did they didn't yeah so that that's why they didn't hit the 80 million but you know they still had a really good showing um unfortunately we'll get into this with our predictions coming up i mean i i I think they're gonna take a a big a pretty 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 steep nosedive in their second week but you know, like you said, we both nailed it. This, I think this was a pretty easy week to predict. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the big the big thing was we were going back and forth between Star Trek and Bad Moms, but you know we we both got it. We both got them right. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, really I think the me. only
1: big surprise I had uh, was I, I was picking Star Trek to do a little bit closer to thirty million dollars, um, but they ended up which would have been a closer to fifty percent drop. Instead, they had they had closer to a sixty percent. Um, uh, drop off, uh, but that—that that to me is, yeah, really
0: the only major m- surprise. Yeah, you know, well, you know what actually was kind of a surprise was just how little Secret Life of Pets dropped. I yes. mean, it it's got legs. I mean, it only dropped thirty six percent. So and it's and it's in its
1: was in its fourth week, and it only dropped thirty six percent. Like yeah, yeah. They're,
0: Ice Age, Ice Age, that crap of a movie dropped almost fifty percent in its second week, which is not surprising. No, it's such a crappy movie. So Ted, let's uh, let's now turn our attention to this coming weekend. What's coming out this weekend?
1: Uh, we've got the aforementioned Suicide Squad. That's by far the biggest film, along with a God, <laughs> talk it. Barry Sonnenfeld directed. Movie called Nine Live, starring Kevin Spacey as the voice of a cat, which sounds like garbage. Um, so we'll really kind of ignore that film because I'm pretty sure it's not going to show up in your top five. Um, what are your top five for this weekend?
0: This is why we probably should have a prep meeting before the call because I've got nine lives coming in at number one, baby. No, I no, um, I do have nine lives in my top five um, only because I looked at I, I I couldn't find another movie to put there. I mean, I, you know, I have Jason Bourne dropping more than fifty percent. So, me, so my number one movie is obviously Suicide Squad. We're both going to have that number one. Yep, it's gonna it's gonna kill the August record for for opening um, that was previously uh, done by. Um, Guardians Ga- uh, of the Galaxy. Um, so I have Suicide Squad one, Jason Bourne two, but it's going to drop. It's going to drop by more than fifty percent. Oh, I've yeah, I've got it at... dropping
1: about twenty, sixty percent.
0: Okay, yeah. I, and then I also have Bad Moms dropping, um, but I don't have it dropping fifty percent. So it's gonna, it's gonna leap. Bad Moms is gonna leapfrog Star Trek. I have yep. Bad Moms three, Star Trek four, and Nine Lives. I have five, only because I had no other. I, you know, I think Secret Life of Pets. Even if it even if it only drops fifty percent, it's still gonna be I'd still put it at nine million. I think nine lives can do ten million. I mean that be funny if nine that's lives all it's only gonna did take is ten million. million. I think it'd be funny if nine lives only did nine million. Nine. <laughs> exactly. So well, so, you know, nine li- nine million could put it in the top five. That's how bad this is. I've got suicide squad at 130 million, Jason Bourne at 28 million, and then, Bad Moms, Star Trek, and Nine Lives, all within two million of each other, at well, yep. at the bottom. So, so I've got you?
1: the exact same lineup as you do, except I've got Secret Life of Pets. I think Secret Life of Pets is going to eke into the top five, and Nine Lives won't. As far as my prediction, so you're predicting 130 million. Um. I am predicting... So, if you'd asked me three days ago, I would have predicted... I was predicting... You and I were talking about this. I was predicting 130, million, maybe even $140 million. However, as folks may know, and we will get into this in a much deeper discussion on Monday, the reviews for, for Suicide Squad have not been that good. And we saw... We all predicted... Batman vs Superman was going to hit 180, 190 million dollars, and then every, and then the critics saw the movie and said it's garbage, and it made 160 million dollars, which was low end of what anybody predicted. Um, I fear there's going to be the same thing as Suicide Squad, so I'm predict, well, maybe not as catastrophic, but I'm going to predict 120.
0: Yeah, I, I went back and forth. Earlier today, I had it at 135, and then I dinged it another 5 million just because, like you said, the, the, the reviews, so, and like you said. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, so we have the same top five. Suicide Squad, five, Jason Bourne,
1: Bad Moms, Star Trek. I've got Secret Life of Pets at five. You've got nine lives. You've got Suicide Squad at 130, and I've got Suicide Squad at 120.
0: Yeah. I mean, hey, it could happen. I mean, I, I was banking every, I was banking every movie to drop by, you know, at least like forty-five, almost fifty percent. So we'll see. I mean, I, I Secret Life of Pets, I could see, I could see finishing five, man, because it's going to be the only kid movie. If it drops um, so another,
1: if it, but yeah, but see, it only dropped thirty-six point one percent. It's the only kid movie that's any good because Ice Age sucks. Yeah. So if it drops, if it drops another thirty-six
0: percent, it's going to get well, more yeah, than ten million dollars. Then, then you're fine. Yep. So there's our uh, predictions for this weekend. Um, So, Ted, before we wrap up today's special extra-long episode, um, any big plans for the weekend for you?
1: Yes. So
0: tomorrow night,
1: yes, tomorrow night is Friday, uh, I'm going to go see Suicide Squad, So, uh, and I'm hoping you're going to see it this weekend because we will talk about it on Monday's show. Um, Then Saturday I'm going to go um, to St. Arnold uh, Brewery, hang out there, um, I haven't visited that place in, in quite some time and then I'm going to the Astros Rangers game Saturday night. Um, this night, I'll be sitting on the first row side not uh, the first base side, not the third base side. when I got confused <laughs> last time when we were talking about this, um, I'll be on the uh, the first base side um, right behind the uh, dugout. So I'm excited to see the game. I will be in my Astros gear. Sorry, Rangers, um, but I'm in Houston now. Um, the Astros will get me. The
0: Texans never will. It, uh, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I definitely. I don't hate the Astros like I like I do the Texans. Um, for me, same thing. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna make it. You're going to an Astros after... game too? I am. <laughs> except I'm gonna be on the first base side. I'm just gonna be staring. I'm at I'm gonna the be on the first base side, for real. at <laughs> the opposite side. That's right. Okay. Um. Yeah. I. I mean, Suicide Squad. Obviously. I'm. am still. I still need to go see Born. Um. So I'm gonna try to get that. I'm gonna try to get that done this weekend too. Um. But as far as that, I'm kind of. I think I'm on my own this weekend. So I might be showing up at your apartment, at your house. Nice. You know? But uh, no, it's. Uh, that's that's what I got going on. Um. I might go. Uh. I need. I need to go swing by Noble Ray. Um, I like to. I like to hit them up at least every. You know, three weeks or so. So try to hit them up, and uh, I'm all cut up on my shows, so nothing really they're pressing to watch. Um, don't plan to go to any Ranger game. It's too hot right now. Yeah. Obviously, like you said, they're not here anyway. Yeah, I'm like, they're here. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's my plan, man. Suicide Squad movies and possibly some beer. Cool.
1: Well, that does wrap up our show. Um, so where can they find us,
0: Well. Well, Ted, uh, before I go over that, I would like to first ask everyone a huge favor. After you're done listening to the show, can you, can you uh, please go over to iTunes, even if that's not how you're listening to us, and give our podcast a rating. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, so now this is where we can be found. Um, on Facebook, um, our name is OfficialTheHangout. Um, Twitter, Instagram, um, our handle is ToTheHangout. Uh, once again, that's the number two. So to the hangout. And then email us, two guys hanging out at gmail.com. Questions, comments, um, give us questions. We'll read them on future episodes. Me personally, you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Will DeBrava. D-O-U-B-R-A-V-A, two L's, W-I-L-L. So Will DeBrava. Ted, where can people reach you? I am at Facebook, Twitter,
1: Instagram, at Barley Vine, B-A-R-L-E-Y, Vine.
0: Well, Ted, that wraps up it for another episode of The Hangout. We want to thank each and every one of you for listening and hope that you join us this coming Monday for our next episode. For Ted Duchesne, I'm Will DeBrava at The Hangout. Good night, everybody.